Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that when love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our youth pastor, David Turner. Awesome. Thanks, guys. You can be seated. Can we give it up for our pastors, Pastor Christy, Pastor Jeremy? We really have the best pastors in the world. I'm not just supposed to say that. Maybe it's because I've been here a long time, so I'm just... I've bought in, but I love this church. I love our pastors. I love this series with them because they live this life, you know, Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Christy, they live a life of just relationship, you know, so what what better pastors to just go through this series together because day in and day out, on and off the stage, they really are about loving people, about being in people's lives. They won't just be here and then they disappear until next Sunday. Like every single day, they're meeting with people, they're loving on people, whether it's a leader or just someone new in the faith. And so let's just give it up for them again because they're amazing, amazing pastors. We love you guys. Cool. Well, let's pray really quick. Father, we thank you for today, God. I pray today we all learn something. I pray today we leave challenged, we leave encouraged and inspired to to build our relationships, God, to focus not just on others, but on ourselves. God, how can we better better our relationship, really by bettering our relationship with you, God? I pray today, God, we leave different than the way that we came in. And everyone says, Amen. amen. I love this series because I think this is a topic that anybody can relate to. I don't think, I mean, does anybody in here have, has never had a relationship, not just girlfriend, boyfriend, but even friend, family, anybody have no family or you've never had a relationship? Okay, just making sure. So everyone can learn something today. I say that because I think sometimes we go into church settings and it's like, oh, I could already tell, you know, you're, you're raised in church. He's going down like the anger out. I don't struggle with anger, so I'm just going to leave or I'm just going to kind of be in the back on my phone. But relationships, there's really not someone that I've ever met that's never had a relationship. And they asked me to do it, to be honest, because I've actually perfected all my relationships. Yeah, no, really. I mean, when it comes to calling, texting, I've become the best friend. And people tell me that, you know, hey, man, you, how do you do it? You know, so they're like, hey, can you teach? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I just recently got married. I'm, I'm trying to be the best husband. But if you asked her, I probably have flaws. I probably have little issues myself. But today I want the goal to be, if you get nothing else, then to leave this place saying, how can I better myself? Amen. How can I better myself? Because I think sometimes when we talk about relationships, we're kind of taking notes for like our mom, our dad, our family, our roommate, and we leave here like, I can't wait to just get on everyone, right? I can't wait to leave here and just kind of tell everybody what they've been doing wrong. But if we all think about what others can do right, then we never really work on ourselves. And if everyone's thinking like that, then nobody's ever growing. No one's ever changing. The only person you're responsible for today and forever is you. That doesn't mean that you can't hopefully inspire someone to become a better them, but I want you to first today focus on how do I look in my relationships? How do I look in my marriage? How do I look in, even in my, in my household? I know that's an easy one to kind of skim past. Like we focus on our work environment, but then when we're home, like we're crazy. Anybody ever had a crazy roommate? Don't raise your hands if you go here because it's like I know your roommates. You guys are looking around like don't raise your hand, bro. I've lived with people before. Relationships aren't easy, but relationships are vital. Can we just take Jesus for a moment? Like he had disciples. You think the dude needed disciples to do what he was going to do? You think he, I mean, like really the miracles, like God, I wish I could, you know, just make these fish and these loaves be enough for everyone, but I just can't. um, No, no. He just wanted people to hang out with. 
I believe that. I don't really think that it was like if he has 12, he can do it. If he has 10, he probably can't do the exact miracles. And it's just going to look a little bit different. I believe he could have done the exact same thing. But even Jesus himself, if he's desiring and he's showing me like, hey, relationships are vital. I don't want to try to live this life on my own. So we're going to jump into it just for a minute. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. I know Pastor Jeremy just briefly jumped into this last week, but I want to dive into it just for a couple minutes today together. Uh, It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth who was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them to the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gates called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. These men came in to break a cycle in this man's life. Just like Jesus comes into our life to break a cycle. Relationship, I don't know if you guys have encountered this, but it's not always the most natural thing. It's not always natural to push past awkwardness, to push past kind of our differences, to push past, hey, I don't really maybe view it the same way you do. It's not always easy to say, hey, I'm going to commit to this good, healthy relationship. It's almost always easier to say, hey, this is where our relationship ends. I'm going to go try to find somebody else. And we bounce around because it's actually hard to have long-term relationships. The first thing I want to say is it's up to us to build relationships. Looking at relationships will never fulfill your desire to be in relationship, period. Coming to church and seeing people in a relationship is never going to fulfill that desire that you have to be in community. Let me give you an example. If you really want to get married and you really want to fall in love and you're like, man, I just turned a year older, and you see someone in love, are you like, whoa, I'm good now? <laughs> are you kind of like, I, I, I'm so annoyed, right? Like, can you not kiss right now, please? Like, your roommate is just in love and everything is just roses. Like, are you like, wow, I'm feeding off of their relationship and I'm happy? No, no, you're like, I want to be married. I want to have a relationship of my own. So looking at relationship will never fulfill that desire that you have in your heart to be a part of community, to be in family. Man, Fearless is always saying family. They're always saying like fearless life, like, all right, chill. No, no. The reason we do is because there's something so vital. God is good. He is. God has saved my life. He has. But at the end of the day, if it weren't for brothers and sisters in my life that believed in me, that that looked at me sometimes and they were just like, what are you doing? And I have to kind of say, you're right, I'm sorry, you're you're right, can you help me in this? That's the reason a relationship is vital. Even Jesus had 12 disciples around him at all times. It's up to us to build relationship. Imagine if, like, they they put their hands down and the man was just, like, looking in their hand if he had cash, like, no, I'm okay. Like, like imagine they're, like, silver and gold I do not have. Like, they're they're stoked, you know. They're going up to the temple gates, we're about to, like, heal this dude. They're like, all right, check this out. Silver and gold I don't have, but get up and walk. And imagine they put their arm down, and he's like, no, I'm okay. Like their act of faith had to be responded to, to see the miracle. I love that it doesn't say they just picked him up by the arms and just threw him on his feet. He had no choice, but he was going to be healed that day. Even though it's such a simple step, a simple task of saying, hey, I'm going to put out my hand. I'm going to grab your hand. There's still a response that has to happen when faith is acted upon. 
So relationship, as much as we will make platforms for relationship or community, we at the end of the day have to say, hey, I'm going to choose to live a lifestyle in community. I'm going to choose relationships. I'm going to choose friendship no matter how hard it gets. It's not always going to be forced upon us. And some people kind of either come in here and leave. They're saying, hey, they, they didn't force me today. Let me modernize this a bit. Maybe you're saying, hey, I don't have relationship. I don't have friendship. I just moved here. I've, I've heard that. But if you ever meet someone, they're just like, hey, I just got here yesterday. That's L.A., right? When someone tells me they lived here for more than like two months, I'm like, whoa, can you tell me like oh, the secret? When someone's from here, I'm like in awe. Like Jeremy, I just ask him questions because I'm like, you're from here? You ever just like meet people and you feel like everyone's from like Michigan? And then you meet someone, they're like, yeah, I'm from Boyle Heights. You're like, whoa, dude, you're like, you're original, right? <laughs> L.A. is known just for this kind of just come in, come out. It's just, it's how we do things. But relationship has to be something that we say, hey, I'm going to commit to. But when that platform is there, it's our responsibility to say, hey, I'm going to commit to putting myself out there. Saying, hey, I don't have friendship. Well, have you been to Fearless Life? I don't do like group friendship. Let's go get coffee. I don't like coffee. Let's do something, okay? Yeah, let's go here. I don't like that place, you know? And at the end of the day, and, and I'm not pointing at anyone. I'm kind of being dramatic in that. But all I'm saying is, we have to be willing when someone puts themselves out there to meet them halfway. I say this because I think in church it's just kind of like, I'm here, do your best to keep me. I'm here, you do, do your best to just force me to fearless life. If you pick me up and you buy my coffee and, and you pay for the meter, I might go. And then that might happen once and the next week we might not hear from them and sometimes it's like, oh, they don't love me. But the reality isn't that we don't love them or we don't love you, but you have to be willing to commit and say, hey, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm willing to actually just take one step, just reach out my hand just to meet you in the middle. Relationship is up to us. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. You ever notice it's harder to keep good relationships? Yeah, like, like maybe, maybe not just church relationships, but just good, healthy relationships are oftentimes, just from my little experience, harder to keep than bad ones. You know those bad relationships that are just kind of easy to hang out with? And they just, maybe they knew you and you didn't know Jesus like you do now, and so they kind of pull out that side of you that you're trying to just leave at this altar, but you kind of end up hanging out with them more than you'd like because sometimes those bad relationships, we just kind of click with them. David, you don't get it. I tried church, but I just click with my coworkers. And that's not bad. I'm not saying, hey, once you come in here, like, you don't hang out with anybody that doesn't come to church here. But it does matter where you invest your time. I'll tell you why I believe that good relationships are hard to keep, and it's very simple. Matthew 18, 20 again says, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Not the name of common interests. Not the name of, I just like what they like. Not the name of just sports. Not the name of, I'm into what they're into. But the name of Jesus is what changes everything. When we come under the name of Jesus, miracles happen. Salvations take place. Healings take place. No other name. So when I just meet up with somebody and we just talk about who knows what, we talk about surfing, we get a coffee, but we don't mention the name of Jesus. I'm not saying every single word has to be that, but at the end of the day, our, is our time matter? Do my days matter? Is every single day a day that I look at and say, hey, today I want to show someone the love of Jesus? And it's so much easier when you're surrounded by people who look like that, who think like that, looking at opportunities like this person needs Jesus. Healthy relationships challenge us, or at least they should. You have Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. You guys want to turn there? Uh, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward, loving, toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
I really like the first, uh, first line right there. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I kind of just find that funny. Like he's already saying people are flakes. Like he's kind of just like putting that little like, he's kind of frustrated. He's like, and, and some of you guys are already in the habit of doing that, you know. John, you skipped out on me the other day with some coffee. Not going to mention it, but he totally mentions it. What is he saying? Even in these times, like people weren't really reliable. You'd say, oh, well, in those times, I'm sure people were committed. No, I mean, even according to this verse, he's like, hey, some of you are already being flakes. But are we willing to just continue to commit to someone? Or is that one red text that we don't get a response like, that's it. I throw my hands in the air. I tried. You didn't meet me. (laughs) Healthy relationships should challenge us. Do we challenge each other? I like this question more. Are we okay with being challenged? Because I think a lot of us challenge each other. It's like, hey, read the Bible. You got one week. Come back to me. Give me a sermon. And like we really are good at kind of challenging people. In, in, in the right setting, in the right heart, which is important, it's not bad. But are we okay with being challenged? I love how Pastor Jeremy says, are we okay with being told no? Because I don't think a lot of people are. If I go to Pastor I'm like, hey, this is what I'm thinking, the youth, this building, I found it's awesome, I've taken the time, and I'm just like hoping he says yes. I don't think so right now, I'm not feeling that. Whatever, not that he would say that, but let's say he did. What's my response? Maybe in your life, or some of the high schoolers come to me, hey, I'm, I'm wanting to talk to this girl, trying to figure out what you think, like, you know, what do you think? Not right now. So there's two responses. One, hey, I trust you, I trust that God has put you in my life for a reason, and I'm going to listen to you, right? What's the other response? Okay, I was really hoping you were just going to say what I wanted to hear, because then I would feel really good, but to be honest, I'm going to do it either way. So I was just asking, hoping that you'd be like, yeah, go for it, you know, and I'm not going to listen to that. When discipleship comes our way, what is our response? Because it's hard to take a no. It's hard to take someone actually in our life that we say, hey, whatever you say, I trust you. Not just God. Yes, trusting God, of course, is number one. But God will put people in your life that will, that, that will bring things your way, that will bring situations your way. And you have to say, God, I, I trust you. As hard as it is, I trust you. Are we okay with being challenged? God will use the most unique relationships to teach you. You ever, like, experience that? Like, for me, I mean, because, like, of course, like, my pastors or leaders in my life, like, I would listen to, you know? But God will use such unique relationships in my life to teach me. For me, it's the high schoolers, right? So we go into these schools, and I'm like, I'm like Pastor Dave. I'm supposed to be the guy, like, you know, they're really learning from it. I hope they are. You know, I'm sure they are. But there's moments where, you know, one time we were finishing at uh, Lloyd High School. You guys know Isaiah? Probably half of you. You've seen him. You've probably met him. He was like, hey, can you come pray for my teacher? Her mom has cancer. And uh, I'm in a rush. Like, we're going to the next school. I'm just focused on, you know, what I'm doing. Forgetting why I'm doing it, but focused just on what I'm doing. And he's like, hey, can you, can you come pray for her? And I go up to her, you know, and she's kind of awkward too. She's, I don't know if she's a believer, but she's kind of like, I could feel like the awkwardness. She's like, oh, okay, you know. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be praying for you. That's what I said. And he's like, no, pray for her. And it didn't take me long. It took me probably half a second to realize, like, man, God is using such a unique relationship in my life to open my eyes to just what am I doing right now. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pray for you and just kind of walk off cold, distant, not loving, not what Jesus would do. I don't really see in the Bible where Jesus is, hey, my daughter is sick. He changed everything. He's already going somewhere. He says, cool, let's go. She, she's actually dead now. I don't care. Let's go. But here I am saying, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. And it only took me a moment to just, in, in, in the humility of my heart, I'm glad I wasn't too prideful to say, no, I can't learn from him. But it took me a second. I had an initial reaction of like, no, 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 it's okay. I'll pray for her later. And I prayed for her. And it was an amazing moment. But I'm telling you, don't just have these kind of, these thought processes of how God can teach you because you'll, you'll miss so many amazing lessons 
that he wants to teach you because you're looking at just this person. Your roommate comes along, hey, I, I, I wish, you know, I want to maybe help you find, no, I don't need your help finding a job. I want this person to tell me. Maybe this person doesn't really know the back end of my life and other people God will want to use, but we have to stay humble. Good relationships are humble relationships. Uh, the I know it all mentality can't last long. You ever just have a friend, like I don't like hanging out with people who just know everything. It's kind of tough. If they really knew everything, that'd be one thing, but normally it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew that already. Can't teach me. I knew that already. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, I was just thinking maybe you can work on. I already know what I can work on. Nothing. I'm great. You're just kind of like, okay, well, I really wish we could be friends, but it's kind of hard, you know? We have to stay humble. We have to stay teachable. Saying, God, I trust you. Yes, of course I trust my pastors, but what if Isaiah wants to try to teach me something in my life? If I can't take it from him, I couldn't have taken it from a donkey, personally. So I want to be at a place in my life where I'm just like, hey, God, if you want to use a rock to teach me somehow, I'll trust you in that. This one I like a lot. I put a, are we willing to be inconvenienced in our relationships? Are we willing to help someone move? Step further, that, that tests your relationship. Are we willing to help someone move who hasn't started packing? Yeah. That tests your relationship with God, really. It gets tough. Are we willing to be there for people? Very practical, very easy, because we want those people, right? We want those people in our life to say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to help you. I'm here for you, whatever you need. Hey, I'm moving next week. Oh, I work all next week, every day, 14-hour days. Oh, you were just wanting to, to hang out, you know? And I, I say in a joking sense, but we have to understand that if we're not that person, we can't expect that person. Imagine if, if these men get to the temple gates and they're just like, hey, we don't have time. Imagine they're running late and we're just like, hey, we, I don't have time to, to be there for you. I'm sorry. Or if they looked at him like, what can you offer me? What, what did this man offer them at all? Nothing. He, he couldn't help them in their status. He couldn't help them become better Christians. He didn't, he didn't really offer them anything, but they had the love of Jesus in their heart, and they said, hey, we don't need anything in return. We have to get to a place, church, where we're saying, hey, I'm not looking for something in return. I love Pastor Jeremy's message just about the backwash love. As we love others, are we expecting something? Because that love does not last long, I promise you. You'll be so burnt out. You'll be so tired. You'll be sitting around just kind of moping like, man, nobody loves me, but in reality, you loved others with this huge expectation, and when you didn't get it in time, you just thought, hey, nobody cares about me at this church, so I, I got to move on. We have to continue just to love like God loved. With everything, expecting nothing in return. Are we so caught up in what we don't have that we miss what's happening in front of us? What was the first question this man asked them? He said, hey, do you guys have any, any cash, right? No, we, we don't have silver and gold, which I love because even the, you know, these men men that, that we talk about in the faith, they didn't have it all together. They didn't have everything that we might think. Oftentimes we think, I don't have what I need to be who God has called me to be. But could you imagine if they were like, no, we, we don't have cash, I'm sorry. And they really looked at what he asked for as if that's what he needed. Like, could you imagine if he's just like, oh, we don't have cash. You need, a, you need a few dollars. Clearly he doesn't need a few dollars. He's been coming here for 40 years. The man does not need a couple dollars. Even though they didn't have it, they looked beyond. God will give you, your, give you his eyes to see what people really need in between what they're asking for. Hey, can, can I get a couple, I don't, I don't have a few dollars, but get up and walk. And he grabbed their hand and he was healed. Are we willing to be inconvenienced? It said in Acts 3.11, as the man held on to Peter and John, so they, they, you know, they heal the man with Jesus and they bring him into the temple courts and he's holding on to them. 
Like, am I at a place in my life where I'm not only willing to just kind of come into someone's life, but just be there long term? I think this, this is a good one because I think sometimes as Christians, we kind of just want to get in, get in, get out. We just, it's, it's, it's hard to commit to someone. It's hard to commit to those midnight phone calls three times a week when they first encounter the love of God. And they're saying, hey, I don't know, I don't know how this works. I, can't, I haven't figured this all out. And we could say, hey, I'm there for you. I'm here for you. Not just on Sundays. Not just once a month. Not just when we see them. But are we going out of our way to make sure that they can actually walk this out? Because it's not easy, guys. I'm not telling you something new when I say it's not easy to live this Christian lifestyle on earth, but we have to understand that relationship makes it possible. I have this uh, banana. I wanted a bruised banana, but Ralph's doesn't have bruised bananas at 7 in the morning, in case you ever need a bruised banana. I wasn't going to lie, because it's kind of obvious, no? Some of you guys know plantains. I brought these two fruits in here. Um, you know, talking about relationships... They say that if uh, spoiling fruit or bad fruit is next to good fruit, it, it spoils three times faster. Yeah, kind of interesting, right? So my first thought is that, you know, and we've probably heard the saying that a bad apple ruins the bunch, is, is who are you surrounding yourself with? Who, who do you have in your life that you're saying, hey, I want to invest in my... I'm not saying today, hey, you, when you leave, you can only hang out with people who are on fire for God. It's impossible. I don't want you to kind of get misled in that way, but I'm saying who are you investing your real time into? Who are you letting pour into your life and whose life are you pouring into? So I started thinking about this, you know, who do we surround ourselves with? Really determines where we go in life. Like this doesn't look good. Even though I guess this is ripe, it doesn't look good to me. I wouldn't want to eat it. But then I, I kind of looked, looked into this a little bit more and it actually, like why does it spoil? What, what is it about this that looks so terrible? And it's something called ethylene. This is interesting. Look at this. It says, ethylene is an important natural plant hormone and is used in agriculture to force the ripening of fruits. So they use something. Ethylene is what comes out of this as it spoils, right? And they use that same hormone in fruits to speed or force the process. I love that word, force, the process of growth. Healthy growth takes time. Be careful who comes along in your life and can promise that they'll get you there quicker. Be careful who comes along in your life and can promise that they can just skip this whole process of growth and I can get you to the end. Maybe not just person, maybe job, maybe opportunity. Opportunity will always throw loyalty out the window, but we have to understand that the growing process with Christ is what brings us to growth in our personal life. Could you imagine if I look like this, right? So sometimes we look like this and we're trying to offer the world food. Like I, personally, I mean, if I gave this to someone, I would feel kind of bad. Someone's asking me, hey, I'm hungry. Yeah, I got this. They'd be like, bro, are you serious? You can't give me that. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this after today. But sometimes we say, hey, this is relationship in church. God loves you. Eat this. I don't want to eat this myself. So, I mean, I don't really want to give this away. No, no, we're really, like, you know, I'm happy in a relationship. You just have to trust me. God, God really loves you. This is a representation of his love to you. And it's really sad to me that he died, Jesus died on a cross so that I can sometimes represent his love this poorly. I, I want to finish with this verse. Look, 1 John 4, 12 says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. That verse right there is why we do what we do. It's why we're talking about relationship. We're not just talking about relationships so we could just be better friends. We're not just talking about it so we could just be a closer family, like, these are my really close friends. No, no. We're talking about relationship because it's really until we unify 
under the name of Christ in a relationship that the world will see his love. Real genuine love is so rare that when people see it, they're just thrown off guard and they're like, hey, I, I got to know what this is about. But when we're disunified, when we don't really have that real love for each other and we're just separate pages, I just see differently than you. I go to your church, but I'm not really about buying in. I'm not going to commit my life to it because I just, one time three years ago, someone said this and it really hurt my feelings. Hurting people hurt people. People that are broken themselves, they don't really know what else to do besides what they've been taught, so they just continue to live in this cycle. But today I want to break this cycle. I was talking to a friend like a year ago or something, and he was basically talking about this, this, this person, make it broad, he couldn't forgive. And it had been a long time. We had talked about it for like a while, right? And he was just talking to me like, it, it is what it is. And I hadn't said anything yet, but in my mind, I'm like, dude, we've had so many conversations all right, I guess, you know, like, I don't know what else to say to you. I'm trying to help you understand that you have to move on. And I opened my mouth and I really feel like God spoke through me to, to my friend. And, and I learned something that day that, that forever changed me. I, I asked him, how many hearts do you have physically? Of course, he's like, I, I have one heart, right? I was like, okay, imagine just physically, forget everything we we're just talking about. You go to the doctor and, and he says, regular checkup. You have a tumor on your heart. It's so small. It's just 1% of your heart. Long term, it'll kill you. Right now, it's going to do nothing. You won't feel it. You'll live the same. You'll act the same. You won't even know. But it's 1% of your heart, and I promise you, over a long period of time, it'll take over other organs, and you will die. And I asked him, what would you say? Would you leave? The doctor says, hey, we could do an immediate procedure right now, and, and you'll be healed. We'll take it out, guaranteed, no, you know, no questions right now, or do you want to go? And long term, you will die. <clears throat> My friend just answering honestly is like, of course, I would take care of it, right? I don't think there's anybody in this room that would be like, no, I'd rather just try to figure it out on my own and, and die in the long run. And I said, okay, how many hearts do you have spiritually? He said, one. I said, what's the difference? I think sometimes in a physical sense, we really understand it. But in a spiritual sense, we think we have all these hearts. Heart for our last church. Heart for our dad. Heart for our mom, heart for that boyfriend that just, David, you don't know what they did. You're right. I don't know what they did. But we come in here and our heart is so cold, it's so caged up, it's so contaminated by this that we're just dying. See, I, I talk for, for a bit about desiring relationship, how to build relationship, how to have healthy relationships, but I think there's a group of people today that say, hey, I'm, I'm still holding on to some relationships. I'm still holding on to broken relationships and we try to find this other heart for fearless but it's just the same heart for the last 10 years and it's broken and it's hurting and we don't want anyone to see it because it's kind of embarrassing but there's nothing embarrassing about it. If we could stand to our feet, all eyes closed in here. You can't build new relationships. You can't invest time into the relationships you have now until you say, God, help me forgive this person. Forgiveness is not saying what they did is okay. Forgiveness is not saying, hey, I let you off the hook. And for those of you saying, I'm just waiting for a sorry, that sorry may never come. Today, God wants to do something in your heart. Because I believe there's a lot of you in here today saying, you know what, I want that relationship. I'm trying to build relationships, but I just can't help see that pain when I look at you. If that's you today, no one looking around. If you just put your hands up, put them right back down. I'll give you guys a minute to do so. Have to let go to move forward. 
Breaking the cycle takes a decision, takes a moment saying, God, I'm done with this. Today, people are broken. You're hurting. You want relationship. You're trying so hard. You've been to fearless life, but you just can't help see that pain. You can't help see that situation saying, God, I just need answers. Today is the day to fully let go of that. Father, we thank you right now in this moment. We thank you right now, God, for helping us, God, to forgive, Father. God, we forgive those that have hurt us, God. God, we forget, God, about the explanations, God. We're no longer waiting for an apology, God. We're no longer waiting, God, for them to come to our feet, God, saying they're sorry, God, because that day may never come. Help us love those, God, that have hurt us. God, help us love those, God, that have walked out on us. God, I pray for everyone in this room, God, that's been abandoned, that's been rejected, God. Boyfriends, girlfriends, fathers. God, marriages, God, that have been split up. Jesus, I pray for complete restoration today. God, do what only you can do, Father. Do what only you can do. God, I pray today we let go, Lord. We let go, God, and we begin to look forward, God, for the first time in years, God. Thank you, Father. All eyes closed. If you guys would just grab hands. Grab hands with your neighbor. It's really hard to build good relationships until you've had a relationship with your creator until you understand what a perfect relationship looks like it's hard to have a good healthy relationship you're saying hey I don't know this Jesus that you talk about it's very simple our God doesn't come to make bad people good it's not about being good a good Christian you don't get into heaven because you're good you get into heaven because you're alive he comes to bring the dead to life and I know today he's going to do that right now in this moment no one looking around on the count of three I want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand you're saying hey that's me today I want to accept this eternal life. I've gone back and forth. I've walked away from it. Today is the day, not next week, not when I'm ready, not when I got it all together. Today, right now, is the moment. If you would just squeeze your neighbor's hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Hands are being squeezed all across this place. Today is the day. Don't wait. Why wait? Why wait? No one's promised tomorrow. You squeeze your neighbor's hand. If you would just put it up. On the count of three, one, two, three. Hands are going up all across this place. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.